that's a triple play. New episodes of Conway. the first game, press play, no need to debate, AOA, check me out, yeah, clocked in, you could catch the hype, golden dawn, how we follow the light, anime like life, uh, married to it, my wife, what is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, welcome back to the AOA show, I'm your host as always, Ian, along with the boys, Isaiah, oh, hi, yo, and none other than Lord Heaven, and none other than what is the Gucci of the shoes, <laughs> you never failed the disappointment, my mm, friend, mm. see what I did there? Mm. Yeah, because I'm a disappointment <laughs> to both my friends and family and my mother, especially mom. I'm sorry, but I'm not a brain surgeon, but I, I, I can't even speak, dog. Don't even, don't even. I'm, I'm sorry, mom. I'm kidding. It was a great intro. I meant the opposite of that. He never fails to impress me. That's what I really meant to say. You're a good guy. Anyway, Tower God today is what we're talking about, covering uh, season three, episodes 19 to 28. Um, it was a fun stream, so definitely go check it out. The link is in the description down below. It's under AOA Reacts, our reaction channel, where you can catch all of our live read-throughs and reactions. And uh, we're clum we're coming close to the end here mm. uh, in terms of catching up to Tower of God. So if you're hopping on as a new viewer here and you want to catch some of those final live streams before we can't, you know, condense a whole chunk of it anymore and get our initial reactions, you definitely don't want to miss it. Now's the time. Head on over AOA Reacts channel and you can catch our live stream there. Also, you want to check out our blog posts coming out on the channel this week and our other discussions relating to Tower of God, some of our rankings videos we do in conjunction with Dr. Bonehead. We got it all here for you. But today we're talking the seven most upvoted questions from our Discord that we got an hour after our live stream. You definitely want to join that Discord too. Um, we had some repeat questions because some people are just really good at asking questions, <laughs> uh, apparently, because they get a lot of upvotes and they were very interesting and different. So we have those there, but don't be discouraged if your question did not make it. Sometimes Isaiah and I, or if Gavin's available, we'll cover the second part of our question series where we will take just questions that we want to answer, if they're fun, if they're from somebody that we haven't got before. So we try and be inclusive with everyone. So don't be discouraged, ask away. Uh, anyway, today though, mm -hmm. We have seven questions, and they're good ones. So, Gavin, if you want to start us off. Oh, I just got to brush off the dust. All right. First question we have from none other than our resident sleeper and greatest human on the planet Earth, Dr. Bonehead. We finally gotten some insight into Yama's character with these latest chapters. Despite him being a loner, he's taken it upon himself to lead the canine people because he cares about them as individuals. Have your thoughts changed on Yama at all? Looking at you, Isaiah, with the little white emoji. So, if I'm not gonna lie, I can't answer this first. He, J Joe, is looking for blood, bro. He is like he has Isaiah in the crosshair. So, I we we, we need to get his response. We, we need to. Um, Does he double down? Or? No, Yama's definitely. I mean, I don't like Yama's character. Like, he's not one of my favorites. Just to be honest, because like that character archetype. I find a little played out and overrated. I just, it doesn't jive with me, but I will give Yama credit. He is like in this society, in the, in the cage, like he does seem to be the best fit. Like as a leader, because I mean, like, you know, he has the whole thing where he cares about the, the canine people in the pack and in a society where strength is like basically currency, like literally who, who better than somebody like that? Someone like Yama to, to, to lead those people. And as long as you have that, Somebody with the strength to, to back up what they say and somebody who cares about the people. I'm doing good. Mm. All right. Okay. What do you All think? Right. And we'll circle back to me. Uh I, I like Yama. I don't know. He he's really he's really grown on me. Um, you know, you can say what you want about him. Uh you know, I I 
I don't know. He he has one of those personalities that just kind of grows on you. Like he's funny, you know. Mm-hmm. He has this own. Like he's obviously a loner, uh, selfish, definitely, especially with how he rules his people. But I do think that he at least seemingly has his heart in the right place, and it looks like he wants to do the right thing to a certain extent. Could um, you say? You know, sorry but, to cut you off, but no, could you say it. that he's a little selfless though? After what we've learned, rather than selfish, it, it's it's back and forth because it is selfless, but it is also selfish. Like you know, it, it's how he leads his people. Like it, it's one thing where he wants them to not you know be used in a sense, which is how his brother wanted them to be or Doom you know be taken yeah, out yeah. with terms of you know the canine people. So it is. Like, it is caring in a sense what he thinks about him, but at the same time, it is very much like, I'm the king of these people, like, they are my servants, sure, you know? Sure, and yeah. and that's where, like, the selfishness comes into it. But at the end of the day, it's like, he still wants them, you know, to, like, live how they're supposed to live in his mind, which is, you know, a ranking status based off of power and things like that. So it's like, I can see where he's coming from. You know, I think it's all, I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. And I respect a man who needs his sleep for the amount that he does and <laughs> has to be unbothered with it. Um, because, you know, I, I feel that energy and, uh, he, he feels that correctly. So yeah, I, I respect him. Nothing but respect for my boy. Yama. He's a big boy. He needs his sleep. He needs a lot of food. He trains hard. <laughs> Just carrying around that mass of muscle everywhere must be pretty tough, you know? You got to conk out for a while. <laughs> Black hole when you wake up. But, no, I like Yama. Uh, I'm not going to lie. At first, I was probably in the camp of, okay, this is probably a little outdone and overplayed style of character. And, uh, you know, some people are always like, oh, Ian, you're going to love this guy just because they're like that. And... Like, fair enough. I guess sometimes, like, a joke around, it seems like that would be the go-to character, uh, but it's not necessarily. Uh, I don't know. I'm not always like, no, I'm not just going to like them just because they are like that. Uh, But to be fair, Yama has grown on me quite a bit, and I actually do like him now. I have to say, out of the all of the dog people, um, one thing, which might seem trivial, but to me is a big deal considering I had issue with the whole canine species thing to begin with, is actually his character design. I actually really like his character design a lot in comparison to some of the other ones. Um, just in terms of like his menacing appearance, it seems like the, the for me, the dog features are very... St- secondary in terms of like the ears and all that kind of thing in a way like he he incorporate the character design incorporates it well where some other characters I can't help but always stare at it right where it's like some some of the other ones I guess for whatever reason right whether they have like the collar spikes coming out with like the really big pronounced ears and stuff like that where he just like on his own has this cool character design about him I love like the long flowing red hair it's really cool um and the way like he dresses and all that kind of stuff it's really sweet to see so I mean I know that's a small thing but I do appreciate that um, and like I said, I think there is something to be said, go, harkening back to what Isaiah said, where it's like, this is a character that, you know, we've seen it, we've seen it before, right? There are, you could fit almost every character in every shonen or story or whatever into a certain mold to, to an extent. And it's a very few and far between, uh, when a character breaks that mold, when you'd assume they'd be there. So Yama is really no different in that respect. One, but one thing now with the light of these chapters, um, that I do respect about Yama is this, this flip side to it, where it's this show of strength and they respect him for that. And, you know, he's definitely the the king of the dogs, right? Like he's the head honcho here, but he genuinely go- does give a damn. It's not just like, 
oh, you're, you know, you're just pathetic, like anyone, you know what I mean? Like you all just get crushed for, for no reason type thing. Like you're all expendable, like his brother. And I think that's something interesting because generally speaking from what I've seen in my personal experience, this kind of character archetype would be that, right? Or generally speaking um, are the ones that are okay, like nothing but strength. And like, honestly, anyone who wasn't on that level is just incompatible. Like you don't really get them going past the surface and being like, well, what about the free will of these people? What is it that they, how do they want to conduct their lives and how do they you know i don't want them to be subjugated to this this sort of uh you know higher power and the elders of fug and be used as like this militaristic force like i care about this family this pack no pun intended um and i think that adds like a little bit of depth to his character which is really cool i also like his ability to uh that attacks don't affect him if you're afraid of him i thought that was a cool concept and obviously in line with his character. So I like Yama, I think going forward, uh, you know, depending on where we see him, if it's till the end of this arc or if it's onward, I have a feeling he's going to be uh, a pretty big presence. So um, I'm excited to see what he's all about and like for him to really cut loose. And, you know, if there's, if there's anything that we may have missed um, when it comes to his backstory and all that kind of stuff to get fleshed out later. But anyway, anyone, any other thoughts on Yama? Okay, so moving on to the second question we have by Anakath K. Thank you for the question. Anakath asks, what do you think about the fish's comment that Kuhn is no different from the pig whose name nobody cares about? <laughs> will the fire spiral out of Kuhn's control or will he find a way to manage it in the end? Who or what will Kuhn's flame consume? How will this influence Kuhn's character arc in the future? Joint question with Riru. Um, so yeah, definitely a packed question here. It was interesting because we just read SIU's blog posts before this. And one of the things that he highlighted was he wanted to put forward this idea that it wasn't necessarily, oh, Kuhn got this new ability, but rather this new ability kind of got Kuhn, right? Like he has to deal with this ability rather than he gets to use this ability. So I think that's needed. I like that personally, that there's a, a large caveat to it because quite frankly, this ability from it, for its positives are insanely powerful, right? Like, so long as you're not, the light isn't snuffed out completely, you still have an ember, in SIU's words, you could spark it back into a flame. That's very powerful, and enhancing the straight raw power of anyone in general is always something that can be very useful, right, in, in situations where you need it, for sure. Uh, so that's cool, though, that he has such a, a downside to this and that he can be consumed by it. He's got the Todoroki vibe going where he has the ice, so it seems to be that's the only thing that's staving him off from it completely consuming him. Uh, so that will be interesting to see. I guess it's really he can't use it, like he can't spam it. That's really it. He has to use it sparingly. And there might be situations I could see a lot down the line where maybe he has to choose between using it on one or the other person or something like that, that kind of like, you know, is he going to sacrifice himself by using it on both? Is he going to use it on one so he doesn't lose himself, et cetera? There's some cool things to get opened up there. Uh, the fish is a dick, <laughs> just to answer that question, just a mean guy, but it seems to me that it's a spirit. Uh, we got the talks from Yvonne Kell that the Yon family was blessed um, or given the flame to destroy anything and the flame to heal anything from the ancients uh, and that that flame has dwindled, but it's very powerful. And to me, that seems like the actual element itself of fire and this ancient thing that like it has an actual spirit and a consciousness to it. So that's my guess is that the fire either deems Kuhn unworthy to, to wield it or that you know, human trivialities are just something to be passed by. Uh, where it's like, why am I in your body? Like, you're no different than anyone. You're using me to your own end, something like that. Uh, that's my guess with it. Um, but I'm curious to know, I know there's more to this question, but if you guys had any thoughts on that part or anything following as well. Um, yeah, I don't, 
really, I don't really think that, or, or let's put it this way, I don't think ultimately it's going to, like, consume Coon or kill him or anything like that. Like, I think at some point he'll get a handle on it. Um, but I, it is interesting, this idea that, like, everybody, well, not everybody, but, like, you know, uh, several of our main characters now have, in one way, you know, like, the, the sort of, like, seven degrees thing, like, one tie to these ancient ones, right? Whether it's Coon with the fire thing, Rack with his heritage. Um, it, you know, it's interesting that these powers and, and power-ups and, and whatever aren't just, like, you know, oh, cool, like, I leveled up, I got a new ability, and, like, now I can just spam this shit mm-hmm. and do what I want. It's, like, this thing that, like, Kuhn's gonna have to contest with, and also this thing that, like, seems to, I don't know if I would go so far as to say it has its own agenda, but, like, that it's not just content with, like, existing in Kuhn and, like, just letting him, you know, use, you know, use his abi- its abilities however he wants. I also do just, like, conceptually this idea that, like, Kuhn, this ability of the Eon Flame can both amplify other people and heal other people, but that it's destroying him or that it, like it, while he's doing this to other people, mm-hmm. it is something that he has to fight against in his own body. Um, and like you said, you know, I'm sure his ice Shinsu like is definitely what's helping him with that. Um, so I am curious to see like where this goes. If the, cause I'm, yeah, I'm sure that the comment that the fish made about him being no different than the pig is probably because this is not the first time this power has just been, you know, chuck to somebody else that either it wasn't intended for or it's not the original owner of. Um, but I have a feeling that Kuhn is going to be different in the sense that he might, you know, come to terms with it or, or overcome it or, you know, uh, find some way to to tame it, in for lack of a better term. Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting, especially when it seems like this ability is used in, you know, important situations as in helping people. So, like, it, it, it is kind of like an eye-opener when the fish says that because it's like, oh, you're no different from the pig who used me before. And it's like, okay, well, was he using him in the same sense to save people? And, like, why would you get angry about that? So, it really, like, kind of opens up, like, a wormhole of just what is this fish on about? And, like, what are his actual intentions? Like, does he just not care about humans? Is it a coon thing? Like, is it, like, user error or just does it not? It, like it, it does open a whole can of worms uh, in that respect. So it definitely is interesting. Uh, hopefully, we find more information about it soon. Um, for me, I'm wondering in terms of management in Kuhn, if it will take a certain um, flame user that we know from the Yeon family to actually help facilitate this power, whether like a little training montage with Kuhn or something like that. Because, I mean, who other, like, I don't know. It just seems like a really cool opening that they're creating for, you know, Yon to just come in and like, you know, meet with Kuhn, do this thing, like explain this power, help him facilitate it and even maybe take some of that power and like learn something from, from herself or even take the power altogether. And it just kind of buffs her up to the next level. Although I don't think that would happen. I feel like it's more of a facilitation thing with Kuhn, but I do think they are going to create uh, a chance for um, our female uh, flame user to pop into the picture and really make like, you know, another staple couple panels for herself and, like, just solidify her, you know, a couple rings up on terms of uh, being a favorite character. So definitely interested to see if that's the route that they take. But who knows? The story could just throw it all on its head. So we'll have to find out. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be yeah. justice. You know, it would be cool to see Eon get her due again. Mm-hmm. It's been too long. Great character. Yes. Question number three uh, is from Alagus. Uh, thank you for the question. They say, so Cal Hellum uh, seems to think that he can take Ivankel and Yama to be one do you think that he is very confident or maybe bluffing or maybe just plain wrong what do you think will be the outcome of the fight um yeah i don't know i i i thought i felt like 
1v1, he might have been able to take either one of them, but I feel like with both of them now, it is a little, it feels a little stacked, like, against him. Granted, I mean, I guess I don't really know the full extent of what uh, Kel's power is, but, I mean, you know, Yvonne Kel and Yama are already just, again, by themselves, two incredibly stacked characters. So the fact that they're teaming up, I don't know, my, my instinct, you know, if nothing else, is just saying that, like, his elders gonna have his work cut out for him whether he can he can get out of this or not um i could also see bluffing because like you know that he maybe you know he's putting on this air that like oh you guys are in like for some tough shit but he's like oh, i hope this fight doesn't last too long um because like it, you know they might be able to just out endure like if it's a game of endurance like the elder might might be the one who is power scaling and like physically stronger but he might not be able to last in a fight against the both of them going back to back with him as long. Um, Cause I kind of feel like uh, actually again, both of them, like Yvonne Kel, if I had to pick two characters in our cast that could probably take a beating, it's probably Yama and Yvonne Kel. Um, they both look like they've taken beatings uh, and look like they could give one. So like, it's just, I, again, I feel like he kind of just got picked uh, unless it was bam, like the two worst characters to go up against in this kind of this fight. Cause I feel like they'll just, they'll just out Duke him. Um, yeah, I don't know. These, these elders are like weird though because I don't really know. First off, I don't know if like this this uh, what's his uh, Kel is like a lone wolf thing when it comes to the elders. Like if he's kind of here doing his own shit and the other elders like don't really fuck with that and they're like, "Hey, what are you doing? Why did you just run off on your own?" Or if he's acting on behalf of the elders, period. And like you know, the other two just didn't get the memo or didn't feel like showing up, and they're like, "Ah, Kel, go you know take care of those kids." Which again, to be that seems to be like the main you know again the main plot thing here right is that like we send under the amount of people that we probably need to go handle bam and company because we underestimate bam and company um and just like who's with them and stuff so i feel like maybe like again that, that's why i'm like they probably like sent one elder because they're like that's more than enough it's one el like it's an elder you know what i mean it's fucking it's like some regulars and maybe you know uh karaka or whatever but it's like now that we've got yama on teaming up we've got yvonne Hel like it's starting to look like a little bit more than I think just one elder could uh, could bargain for. What do you think, Kevin? Yeah, it's escaping my mind, but he, they actually they mentioned that in the in one of the panels where they're like, "Hey, you know, uh, elders of Fug don't normally get into our business. Like, what are you doing?" And he actually says something afterwards. If anybody can clarify, uh, because it it was relevant to his presence, why he's there. I just don't really remember whether it was something to do with destiny or not. Is what's throwing my mind out. But um, for me. Um, and Kel, I feel like this fight is complete confidence because, I mean, it's alluded to that this guy is super old. Like, dare I say ancient, I don't know. Like, in regards to what SIU said, you know, not pri not pre-Jihad, um, but, you know, he's just really fucking old. And he's with that blue hole, if that is the right term that I'm using, uh, with that other, the red-haired chick. Um, so it's like, he's definitely existed for a very long time. He's been pulling these strings uh, with the canine people for a very long time in terms of, you know, the whole having the heart uh, kind of drawn out with having a spell wrapped around it with Doom and all these other things. Like, it looks like he's been lining his ducks up in a row for a while and he's existed for a long time and it's pretty obvious that he is very powerful. So I, for me looking at it, I would take it more as a surface value as this guy just really thinks that he's like, 
on a plane similar to like a god in a sense where he's like i could just literally come down and do whatever i want because i've literally been here for longer than anybody's ever like than than you guys even existed like i i just i know the way this land works i know what i need i know what i want to do i have my motive i, I can't attain it i've already set up everything oh i've set all my ducks up in a row to be you know shot down so like for me it's just like overwhelming confidence that he just he he knows his power. He is like a hundred percent sure that he can just take a, like take care of anything that comes at him because he had to probably drop down so many floors just to even get to this point. We're on floor fifty two. It's like God knows where they're even residing at. So he's just like, yeah, I'm just gonna stroll down the tower. I'm just gonna you know mess you up, and I, I'm I'm an elder, a fuck. Like I, I can do whatever. Like you know, it's just I can do whatever I want, and nobody's gonna say anything or do anything against me because I'm just so powerful. Like not just a little regular and like Yama, you know, a couple canines. They're not gonna do anything. Like come on, and that. That's, that's how I feel his mindset is. Whether that's right or wrong, I mean, we're going to find out. Uh, but I do think that it's not going to be as easy as he anticipates, and that is going to be a very a hard lesson for him to learn in that moment in fighting. But I do think that he is starting it off of confidence that he's just it's going to be easy as cake, not a problem at all. Uh, so I guess that's my view on it. And, yeah. No, good thoughts. Uh, not really too much to add there besides I think that he is – genuinely confident that he has this against those two. Maybe not that he's going to destroy them, but that he is confident in his ability to fight them and come out victorious. Uh, he did just like shrug off getting hit. Well, not shrug off. That's, that's too much, but he did eat that spear hit. And although it did, you know, stifle his healing. So he had to kind of bring them to another spot in the arena there. So it was definitely a big hit, but I guess that spear would normally kill anyone that it hit. So just the fact that he's alive is pretty impressive. Uh, and he also has the spirit ancient ability of this like water Buffalo thing. Um, you know, so that'll be interesting to see if he has that fight the elephant. And then he has like the, the arrows and stuff doing its own thing. Uh, you know, he kind of put Ivan Kell and Hansung for a moment there in their spot. He was like, okay, that's nice that you shot this fire at me, and his arrow went right through it. So that was pretty scary uh, until Hansung was like, okay, utilize the fire in this way. So I think that raw power level, he's probably above them, but just them exploring his ability and and knowing how to fight against it and, and working in tandem in that way, uh, you know, they'll probably come out on top, so... That's my thoughts on it. Not too much to add there, but if you want to take the next question. All right. Question number four we have by Irene Sharda. Thank you for the question. Uh, so we've now met the final and oldest of the Baylor brothers. Doom just uh, Ju Doom doesn't seem to care about the canine people and has been an overall jerk thus far. However, we get to see a small flashback into Doom's past and his anger at the ten great families, uh, especially someone from the Lopobia family. What are your thoughts on Doom here? Uh, Doom is definitely an interesting character, and I feel like there is a lot of layers that we haven't seen to him yet. Um, that doesn't mean that I agree with the plans that he has put forth so far because they aren't really the best very much for the canine people but um if for, i can i can step in his shoes and see from his perspective though being that they he's they just they existed him and his two other brothers they don't know who their parents were you know it's just been them and you know the, he has this great power and is able to give it to other people and for being isolated and you know just not really having anybody else and he's just like all right it's just us like me and my brothers like it, it's we, we need to care about each other and everybody else is almost irrelevant. Even if it's somebody that I give my power to they're you know, it's, it's 
you're not my brother. Like, they're not my brother, in a sense. Uh, so why care about them? We can use them. We have this power. You know, we could do X, Y, Z thing if we could join Fug and, you know, get revenge or, you know, alleviate that anger toward the Ten Great Family. So I, I can see his mindset on where he wants to go with it. However, morality and other things are what real is the real obstacle and barrier to get in the way because, I mean, he is messing with other people's lives at the end of it through literal mind control, and that's a, that's a no-no on... Anybody will tell you that's a no-no. So it's it's very interesting. I'm wondering to see um, as the fight progresses uh, with Kel and, you know, Yama seeing where he stands and just honestly if he's able to flip a mindset or even if not and he literally just has to die and because, I mean, unless he was to switch sides with the power that he has, for me it's either he has a change of heart or he dies, like especially since he could just raise an army by a snap of a finger. So yeah. it's it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, I don't know how I would feel uh, either way that it goes with him, though. Like, I f it, it would feel awkward if he just had to change a mindset, and now it's like him, Yama, and, you know, uh, what's the other brother's name? Um, Paul. Paul. And they're just like, oh, yeah, now we're, like, brothers. We're going to, like, really do the canine family or the canine people right and, you know, go on their own merry little way and have their own kingdom. Like, I, I don't know. That just seems too uh, not easy, but, like, too good to be true. Um, it would be – I don't know. I feel like the – I feel like it just kind of answers death for him at the end of all of this. And it, yeah, as I don't, I don't even know. It kind of sounds messed up, but I just, I can't see a future with all three of them, you know, living a happy life or even if he existed for him to live and not get out unscathed just from the raw power that he has, if it isn't redistributed to somebody else or really like cut from his bloodline. So I, yeah, I want to, I want to see where it goes from there, but I can see from his perspective where he's coming from, although it's wrong in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's going to have to have some sort of change of heart. Um, because I don't see it going back to, well, Yam even says, I can't see him again for whatever reason. He can't see him again. So, and if he died, like this is the whole thing with bomb, right? Where he's like, we need, we can do both. And I think it's going to work yeah. because I, I like, I'm like, well, I think there's an opportunity where like he dies or something like that. And you know, but then they all die out, but I don't think they're going that route because I think they might play a role later, you know, unless Yama's like literally the lone wolf at the end of it and buddy buddies with them. And he's like, good luck. But I don't think that seems to be in his character. So yeah, unless they could find some skirted way to, to where Doom dies and they still have the ability to do whatever, but it doesn't seem that that's the case. They seem to be pretty put a corner here. So Doom's going to have to have some sort of change of heart or even if he doesn't have a change of heart, at least agree to keep them alive but not enslave them yeah. under fear of dying or something. That seems to be the way to go. Uh, thoughts on Doom, though, in general... Yeah, definitely the dick move to use them as pawns and mind control them. Uh, I mean, when you have that ability, not that anyone here or watching has ever had it, but definitely easier said than done, I would say, probably for most people. Uh, the great power comes with great responsibility thing. So he seems to be in this 10 great families wronged me. I'm really pissed about it. I want revenge. I really, you know, I, I just got my brothers and that's all I need. So everybody else is just kind of fodder and I'm going to join Fug and this is going to be my way of going about it. But it seems that Yama here needs to be the one to pull him to earth a little bit in conjunction with Bomb and team here because he seems to have strayed and even though these are things that spawn from him or the people's, the canine people spawn from him 
and he has this ability, that doesn't mean he should abuse it in that sense because these are all people with their own lives and stories and feelings and consciousness and emotions and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, just let them live their life. But we'll see how that goes down. Um, but, yeah, those are my thoughts. Um, yeah, Doom is, Doom is weird. I don't really know how much more... Because I guess if we're with this whole war of jihad thing, if we're going to utilize the canine people past this arc, then I do kind of feel like he has to make it out of this because whether Yama signs up with Bam and company and starts traveling with us or not, if they're going to be a bigger part of this game, like, we need we need Doom. That's kind of just like, you know, like you said, unless we fucking MacGyver some tech or uh, tool that can just make it, which kind of then makes this whole arc irrelevant. But so I, I feel like Doom, and if that's the case, Doom has to be uh, around, he, whether it's he has a change of heart and maybe he, maybe Yama goes with the gang and, and Doom with his change of heart agrees to stay behind and, and run the cage, but like do it right. Um, maybe Yama doesn't go with them and, and him and Doom uh, stay behind and, and maybe even Doom doesn't like have a change of heart per se. But so like you were saying, he just agrees to, you know, to not run it, you know, to not get, uh, you know, not get corrupted by his, his former way of thinking. Cause like, sort of like Gavin was saying, like, it's not right in any sense, but like, I do, I see the line of thought, right? Cause it's like, y- or not Yama, uh, doom. Like he has this power and he can, he's turning these people into canine people, but it's not the same thing as like being born a canine person. Right. So that coupled with, the, with the probably severe trauma that he suffered, from, uh, I forget the, the specific name, but the Lope will be a person that he referenced in that flashback. Um, and the the, cl- the familial bond he feels with his actual brothers, he probably does, like, it makes sense why he started viewing these regular canine people as, like, lesser than or, like, not the real deal. Because in a sense, they're not. They're, they are people who were turned into canines, which is not the same thing as being born naturally a canine person. Um, it is weird, the... the specifics around how Yama, like how these three brothers came into existence or being is like shady. We don't really know like that you were saying that we don't know their parents and we don't really know, you know, how the fuck they exist. Um, my money's on the workshop because the place is sketchy as fuck. And you know, I just, just seems like something they would cook up. Um, but again, just because I see the line of thought doesn't mean in any way, shape or form it is condoned because taking advantage of anybody under any circumstance is basically 100% wrong. Um, so, yeah, I, the only way I see um, Doom dying is, like I said, if the canine, because, p- like, us needing Yama and us needing the canine people are two different things. If we need the canine people, like, we need them for an army, or we need, like, that's what I'm like, okay, we can't really get rid of Doom because he's kind of the whole reason that the canine people even exist. But if we just need, like, Yama, the Slayer, yeah, Doom can die, and, and the canine people can kind of just whittle out, or, you know, it's sad, but, like, if that's, if that's the way the story wants to go, it, they become... Not a necessity, quite frankly. Yeah. Messed up scenario. I don't like it. It's war, it. son. It's war, son. <laughs> All right. Uh, what are we on? Question five here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Question five. Say my name, mate. <laughs> Say my name, mate. <laughs> uh, thank you for the question. Say my name, mate. Asks, Kuhn is at his limit and Dang Dang is barely alive. With his real heart being in Louie. Do you guys think this will have a happy ending or sad ending? Also, I got confused on whenever whenever explosions have distract. Wait. Also, I got confused on whenever explosions have distracted from the story. Passive aggressive question. Looking at you, Ian. Oh, also, did you get confused? I guess or something like that. Ha! Funny, but I like the use of the emoji with the mustache mm. one. I love that one. Um, yeah. So what? It, so the question: Do I think it's going to be happy or sad ending? Uh, maybe somewhere in between. I guess 
you know, I it's been pretty rare, correct me if I'm wrong here, that we've had an arc where it was just all bad per se, although that couldn't be subjective at the end of the day. But in terms of main characters still being intact and the whole world that they inhabited going to crap and all that kind of stuff, I feel like it's generally on the on the side of happy ending with like a sprinkle of reality in there, right? If that makes sense, kind of like the um, uh, the floor death arc, maybe, right? Where like I would I would consider the memory wiping not a great thing, right? Like that kind of sucks because they're subjugated to this thing, but then on the same time, like their whole thing they they all you know hell Joe was stopped. Right. So like, that's the good thing, et cetera. I don't know. I, so I feel like that's the trend that I've been seeing so far. So if anything, then maybe there's some, there's something where it's, you know, there's like some sadness in it where they couldn't get absolutely everyone, but they are all out in one piece or they are able to remedy this whole situation. It does seem like a black or white thing though, especially with the prior question referring to doom here being that Doom's got to get his stuff together or they got to convince him or he's got to play some sort of game because I guess that would be a bad, a bad ending in the sense that even if our main character's there and Doom doesn't agree and or dies, then the, the those people either whittle out or get mind-controlled. So that's not a great ending. But based off of prior trends, my money's on that it will be some sort of happy remedy to what's going down. I feel like the the seed has already the the seeds have already been planted for that as in oh well dang dang's not dead dead yet right and coon's power can alleviate something and he has a heart in louis and you know doom is now being betrayed or whatever by the fug elder so maybe he sees it a different way with his past and there's like a lot of these inklings that there's there's the possibility for them to put all the pieces together perfectly have the stars align which they normally do and then you know remedy all of these issues in one fell swoop that's kind of bomb's whole thing he's not and that's why karaka's going so batshit because karaka doesn't understand that bomb's the protagonist so he doesn't understand that's all going to work out for him but logistically karaka's like you're nuts how are you going to do all this but it's bomb he's always like we're going to do both scenarios i'm going to have my cake and eat it too and most of the time it pans out i would wager so i don't i wouldn't be surprised if it ended up the same way this time long-winded way of saying maybe somewhere in the middle um and do i get confused whenever there's explosions and do they distract me from the story uh absolutely yeah my mind can only focus on one thing at a given time i can't breathe and chew bubblegum at the same time it's quite impossible but now on a real note i i do have to say though during read-throughs uh there definitely is i mean if you guys experience this maybe not maybe it's just me but sometimes there are points where i miss something because i'm focused on the voice or trying to make sure that i'm not messing up the wording cuz sometimes the translations are a little wonky or you know making sound effects or some crazy thing to keep it engaged cuz at the end of the day we're entertaining you know we're trying to entertain so there are times where i'll miss something on a panel or like miss a thing and i'm like whoa how do we get here and it's like kind of got to recollect and remember when you're reading it in the comfort of your own home you know in silence it's easy to just hone in on a specific thing or reread it a bunch of times or whatever so there are definitely points, but if it was in the, the sense of just there's a lot of explosions, so there's, you know, it's kind of distracting from some of the main story, I would also say that too, personally. Hot take there. I do think there's a lot of spectacle going on uh, and a lot of different characters doing different things. So I will say on, a, on, on that kind of note that it definitely does a little bit. But again, we talked about this, I think, last week. If that's where it's going, so long as they nail that, uh, if that's your cup of tea, then you'll probably continue to like it. But those are my thoughts. Um, I, yeah, I definitely don't think this ends like completely a hundred percent happy. I think it's either going to be sad or like some weird wishy-washy middle ground because 
like we said in the last question, the whole thing with Doom it sort of implies that, again, depending on how we want those people to stick around, Doom's either going to be alive or dead. Um, and Doom Doom dying spells out death for this entire species, basically. Um, and then even the thing with Dang Dang, it's like, okay, Dang Dang's heart is in Louie, but does that mean we're killing Louie by reviving Dang Dang? Because we don't know if Louie has two hearts. So he might, that it, if it's, which doesn't make any sense. Like we've mm-hmm. seen people carrying around somebody else's heart, like they wouldn't have two hearts in their bodies. What's the other heart going to do? So my thing is, I think the story is sort of setting itself up to be this thing of like, no, no matter what option you pick, like you're not getting your cake and eating it. Like somebody is going to die, whether it's Dang Dang, whether it's Louie, whether it's Doom, somebody, you know what I mean? And, and, and I think, you know, well, you know, I, I would like to think that as we're approaching this uh, jihad war, you know, scene that it's like, you know, this this is what's going to be the reality, right? Because when we get up there with the local Bia family and Jihad's empire and all them, like, people are going to be dying. You know what I mean? Not everybody's going to... We can't have a war where everybody makes it out. That's just not... <laughs> it just doesn't exist. It's not a thing. So, you know what I mean? The, the, I, th- I would like to think that this arc is sort of like, yeah, you're recruiting people for a war. This is the consequence of that. Sometimes good people die. Hope it is. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, what's interesting for me uh, in terms of Dang Dang and, you know, his heart being in Louie is honestly the raw question of why. Because, yeah. I mean, at the end of it, Dang, like they did, there's no need for them to do that. Dang Dang, uh, by all means, is just seen as a vessel for um, Doom's heart. So why would you have to save his, like, if you didn't plan on bringing him back in the future anyway? Uh, so honestly, the fact that they did it in general throws me off a bit. What I think is going to happen is that um, it's going to be a sad ending and that um, Louie is going to come out of the woodworks and um, actually give up the heart that like whether he knows it's his heart or not being dang dangs um, or it is later told to him. I feel like he's just the type of friend who is like, this is yours. Like I'm going to give it to you so you can live. I want you to live. And like by that, it's going to be some weird thing where like dang dangs like, Oh, like Louie did this for me. He will forever live in my heart that lived in his body. Like it shares some like sort of connection, like a spiritual sort of deal. I feel like that's how they're going to continue with it because I also feel like dang dang is just a more relevant character than Louie at this point. So I feel like if they're going to keep one of them, it's going to be, dang dang and what better way to wrap it up with a bow than to make you know louie be like i want to save dang dang here this is his heart i'm giving it to him and there's that connection between them and then you know you just like throw some glitter on it and call it a happy like birthday you know and that's that that's just the way that i see it happy going birthday, down louie, give me your heart. happy happy birthday louie give me just your the heart grunt birthday party uh-huh. yay <laughs> they don't we have that on the soundboard <laughs> the what the yay thing, oh, the oh, confetti oh, thing oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they just rip his heart out and then blow confetti over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, for real. It's going to be, uh, yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang, thanks a lot. Louis, sorry. But then where the yeah. hell is Louis's heart? What? It's my thing. Well, that's what I'm getting Wait, at. Is it is, like, then we got to find Louis's heart. And then it's like, they're just going well, there. No, and if they, do do, if they do do that, and it's a never-ending roller coaster of catching y'all's hearts, I'm going to literally throw myself off a bridge. But <laughs> that's the thing where it's like, why save Dang Dang's at that rate? And then it really comes down to, you know, Louis got lost in the sauce unless they have it in a frozen jar somewhere and bring it back out, which if they do, I'm killing it. Let's, let's be real here, uh, too. So, yeah, it's... Do we really care if Louis like, goes out? But, but that's what I'm well, getting at. I... I if I remember correctly, at the beginning of this arc, they make it a point to, like, remember, because when, when we were looking for Louie at the beginning, that, like, Louie is this, like, weird, like, he's not, like, a normal kid. So I wouldn't, I, I would go so far as to say that Louie may be, like, the point, the end point here, because he's, like, what was manufactured to keep Dang Dang's heart, and then Dang Dang is the vessel for um, uh, Doom's heart. 
Um, but I mean, because, because that uh, the other option is just so dumb. <laughs> like we're, we're not so, going on like a wild goose chase of like everybody's yeah, heart yeah. is just like one trail. I'll down be the line real. Here. Like I'm gonna I'm personally here. I'm gonna need a pretty good explanation because uh, quite frankly, I think that all three options are dumb. Either Louis has two hearts, dumb. He doesn't have his heart, and we got to go on a wild goose chase for a bunch of people's hearts. I doubt it, but dumb. Number three, the fact that if again, if Dang Dang is supposed to be strictly a vessel for Doom who wasn't cared about to begin with, mm-hmm. unless there's some thing with Gato where, like, he actually did care and he was just putting I think the facade. It Could 100%. be that. Because he tells you know? him that right before he kills him. What? Gato tells Dang Dang right before he kills him, he's like, by the way, your real heart's in Louis. Yeah. Why would yeah. he tell him? And then I know you would probably say, why would he tell him that if he's about to kill him? But no, who no, else? I wouldn't. But, I get it. Well, yeah. not, sorry, not you. Like, yeah. I'm just talking through these words. Oh, sure, sure. Like, another canine person knows that canine people don't die immediately. So he, he knows he's not actually killing Dang yeah. Dang. Therefore, by telling him that, on top of knowing that, mm-hmm. he's giving Dang Dang the opportunity to live. So yeah. I do think that Gato, like, says, like, oh, you're just a vessel. But I do think in the time that he spent with Dang Dang, being his fake father, there might have been, like, some legitimate feelings of, like, or, or connection that he developed with this kid. Mm-hmm. And therefore, like, Was he his legitimate spawn? Was, like, did, did uh, like, is he his biological father? Or is he just, like, some rando? Right, that got like pushed off. No, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he's actually got. So I guess my question there is then, like, they never really went into what made Dang Dang beyond that special, beyond that he was a vessel. So I guess my question there is then, like, why play this game of hopscotch and freaking duck duck goose with people's hearts? Why then not just make like you know, say Louis the thing, right? Like for the vessel, and then skip the part where you have to put Dang Dang's heart. As dooms, right? Like you just make Louis the vessel then, or like it, whatever. And like, it, it, also, well, unless it was something at the time where it was, you know, we got this kid, Dang Dang, yeah. and you know, it, it was told from Yama to um, uh, G- uh, G- Gatto, where he was like, "All right, this is what's going to happen. I'm taking out this kid's heart. I'm putting in, you know, my brother's heart. This is how we're going to facilitate it, you know, and not even go into that detail with it. But I mean, you know, like this is actually no because. Didn't uh, Gatto didn't know all the information from Yama that 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 wasn't his kid? Didn't didn't Gatto find out later on that this was actually Yama's plan and this really wasn't his son? Or was he cued in from the get go? No, he knew. He was cued. All right, so if he was cued in from the get go, then it leads me to believe that there might have been a little bit. He wasn't uh, Gatto wasn't fully on that plan like to begin with, and with this he was like they're taking this kid's heart, you know, blah blah blah, and you know I'm gonna have this connection. Maybe if I can just kind of scoop it and throw and like put it somewhere else for when this day comes, you know, I can swap it back, which you're just screwing over the next person being Louie at this the end of it. But, you know, I, I, it might be just one Fair of those enough. things where he feels bad in the moment and he's like, I'm going to try to, you know, do something for this kid. Yeah. So I kind of feel bad. Well, rem- yeah, remember else, when uh, so. Dang Dang is going through his backstory, he says, um, my father never let me hang out with anybody like in the entire cage except for Louie. Like he always made these weird yeah. exceptions. Yeah. So I think Louie, like, you know, as tough as it like he was just escaping he, he was the thing that made it so dang dang always had a way out I, at least in people in the minds of people like gato and well actually probably just gato because i don't really know if you know like doom or anybody yeah. but, actually th- but then like him. where's louis heart you know what i mean like if that was the thing it's like why even have to take because that would mean then louis either has two hearts or his heart was ripped out and replaced and so it's like unless he had like some heart transplant surgery, if he had a weak heart and he put it in, he put in uh, Dang Dangs until the time that he needed to revive Dang Dang, and then he's like, okay, like I hope you enjoyed your life up to this well, point. I don't, like, I take don't it know back. If, if I don't get it. I don't know if like maybe Louis never had a heart of his own. Like that's why I, why I think like maybe there could be some artificial creation path where it's like maybe. Louis was not like some kid who was born, but he was some thing that was made, and they were like. 
again, literally made him to be a basically a container to hold Dang Dang's heart sure. so that Dang Dang could, because I think... But then the, my thing there is, like, why not then make him the container, well, I'm, you know? I'm get, yeah, so I think Dang Dang shares DNA with Doom. Like, I okay. think not anybody can just be the vessel for Doom's heart. Sure. I think that's why Dang Dang specifically has to do it, but Dang Dang was a per like, he was a kid, an actual kid who had his own heart, so in order to have Dang Dang house Doom's heart, you needed to take his heart out and put it in a container, basically, Louis. Yeah, the only thing that would make sense is if Louis was literally, like, not organic, like, not an organic life. Because they all share DNA with Doom, is the thing. Because they all spawn from Doom. So then if Well, Louis they have his power, not his DNA. Is no, they, they literally need, he is, like, the progenitor to all of them. So, like, without Doom, like, it's his, it's, it's Doom. Like, he's, re, he's, like, replicating these people and then has the ability to mind control them. So, like, theoretically, everyone, be, everyone besides his two brothers, his real brothers, have Doom, like, within them. That's why, they, that's why they'll die off as well if they don't have him. So my thing there is if Louis an actual canine person, then he'd have to have – he'd be in the same boat is my point, which means that he, if he was a container in that – with that – thing he would have to be some sort of like inorganic life well i don't think he I is don't i don't think he is a canine person like i think he's just he's got he, he doesn't have the ears no maybe the ears can't remember shit i don't know we're going off on a freaking wormhole on this one point is i hope they give some sort of like logical and you know sensible conclusion to all of this because i personally am just like downright confused and maybe missing some of the details here but we're gonna there have is, to see how this ends up there is a weird thing though that actually somebody in our discord brought up um, about the this kid thing where when Kuhn meets the kids, he refers to, I think I'm fucking this up, but he refers to Louie as Dang Dang. He goes, oh, that that guy's Dang Dang. Yeah, I heard and that. And then Bam's like, no, like you got it mixed up. And Kuhn's like, what do you mean? Like, And, and he fa- he finds it, he like sort of talks in his head. He's like, well, that's weird. Like, my intuition is never wrong. I was sure that was Dang Dang. And that's supposed to be foreshadowing the fact that Louie mm-hmm. has Dang Dang's heart in him. So maybe then Dang Dang was the... Yeah, yeah, the scapegoat. I don't know. Crazy. Anyway, let's move on to the next question. I believe you have it, Isaiah. Yes, it's from Anaketh K. Do you think Yama has done a good job as a king so far? Do you think that he'll change in his leadership style going forward? If you do, what do you expect slash predict? Um, I'd give him like a middle of the line C so far. <laughs> um, do you think that he'll change in his perspective? Uh, again, this goes into, I don't know if Yama's like going to be with our group, like if he's going to be traveling with Bam and company after this arc or not? If so, then I don't really think it matters because he won't be in the cage. Um, so, you know, he can't really, like, lead the cage f- being outside the cage. Um, <laughs> but if he stays behind and it's sort of like a call on me when you need me type beat, um, yeah, then obviously, like, he'll be here. He'll have opportunity to change. And I would like to think that this encounter with all these other people, specifically somebody like Bam, um, will leave him a little bit more open into, you know, I don't know. Maybe the problem is the the structure that we have here, the way the cages run, is very cut and dry. Like there's very little wiggle room in terms of like how this society works, Mm -hmm. um, for anything other than basically a dictatorship via strength. So I wonder if that would involve then maybe him changing the literal structure of how the cage runs a little bit, and like maybe we don't have to like do a whole you know 180, um, but you know maybe introduce some level of democracy into it where it's like okay. We, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, y- there's maybe like, uh, you know, the runner-ups have like are sort of 
the representatives of the pe- of the regular canine people or like whatever i don't know but again this is all just assuming that yama even that yama is going to be staying in the cage afterwards which like i said i think is 50 50 um but yeah i think to be honest i think that's the only way that significant change is going to happen because if it's just like he does the same thing but it's like he like hands out ice cream on tuesdays it's like okay that's not really like doing anything um or like you know what I mean? Like he's sl- he's nicer to the people overall. It's like I, I, maybe this is like just a personal thing because I personally think the structure of the society is like kind of what leads to stuff like this. So like if something there doesn't change, I feel like we could you know potentially just run into the same gambit with different people. Um, but yeah, yeah. And would they even want it to change? I don't know, Gavin. What do you think? Yeah, what no, I honestly don't think that it like so. As far as being a king, you know, I'd probably give him same rating like sick uh, or C. Um, and I don't think he would change because he even makes it in the middle of fighting when, um, what's his name? Calzone was thrown into the mix <laughs> and he was like, and he was like, yeah, if you don't, and he was like, oh, I'm going to fight Gatto, you know? And he was like, yeah, if you don't beat him, Jordan's my new number two, you know? So, you know, just like watch out, make sure you win. So with that in the middle of this fight, that that's still his mindset. I really, and just honestly knowing the type of person he's being a lone wolf who really respects power in, in that sense. Um, I, I don't see him really changing his leadership leadership style in in the sense that what Isaiah was talking about in just the structure of society that he has built unless there's like real fundamental changes for it it is just going to kind of be the same power vacuum and the same problems going to happen to reskinned um and you I know just, what is interesting there though I apologize for cutting you yeah. off but just when he says uh when he says if you don't beat him I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make Jordan my number two. Mm-hmm. We noticed that Calzone, whose name I actually forgot because you keep on calling him Calzone. Zon. Canzon or something? Canzon yeah, smirks. Mm-hmm. And he goes, okay, like, there's my guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he's back. So it's like, yeah. I think it, like, adds this this element where it's like, do they want it to be different? You know what I mean? Like, would they would they thrive as much as they have, like, based off the kind of beings that they are? You know, there's, like, this this mm. aggressive tendency where it's like they, they just, you know, I don't know. I find it interesting. I apologize for cutting you off, but it was my, I just, that just popped into my head. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, no, and that also goes into what I was going to say in terms of it, it wouldn't change because of the way the people are. And the only reason why we really have gone down to the route that we have been is because of the problems between the three brothers. And unless that problem is you know, solved um, in some weird way and say two or three of them survive and they're all happy-go-lucky and they're going to go run their own, you know, kingdom now, theoretically it would work because we wouldn't have the, you know, interceptions that we have in terms of, you know, an elder fog and, you know, bam, and all these people coming in and intercepting at different angles. Like, theoretically, they could just live how they used to way back when if all three of them were on the same page running it, you know, as that sort of unit. And that's, you know, even then, if they want to live like that, okay, then they can. But, you know, it's going to have its own problems down the line. I just don't see him personally changing his leadership style. But maybe with the addition of his brothers, if they build that relationship and they all come out of it alive, that something could happen of it where they keep the same, like, societal structure and keep just moving with it. Um, and that's really their choice. But I just, yeah, I don't see him, like, having a huge change of heart and being about it. Like, morality, he might have, you know, the right idea, but just... It's it's their lifestyle. It's the way they seemingly have always lived. So I don't think they're going to really part with that uh, when it comes down to brass tacks. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I think um, I actually think the more I read this question and listen, the more we've read, uh, I actually think that Yama is a better king than most people at face value would give him credit for. Because I think one thing that's very important to delineate about Yama versus your standard average, you know, king in some sort of 
um, you know, like society that runs differently, right, than, than the canine people is that Yama, I feel, is actually very good for what his, for, for part of his society. Sorry, I'm twisting my words right now. But the point is, is that I think the context that Yama rules in, I actually think he does well within the context of that. Whereas if you compared him to a king that rules over some other style, then it's like, oh, okay, well, there's obviously glaring problems that Yama would pose, but that's just the thing is that Yama isn't a king in that sort of society. So I think that he definitely, he's not like a perfect king for sure. Um, not, I don't want to pump him up too much because he's not like the greatest king ever. Uh, and he even admits he has his own problems. He's more of like a lone wolf type. So it's not that he even really enjoys, enjoys leading per se, but I think one thing, one quality that I really appreciate about, appreciate about Yama, um, especially in these chapters that we read, is that he does the kingly thing um, of putting his people first before himself and being almost like a servant, not a servant, but like serving his people in the sense that he does a lot of things to guard them and protect them, but also let them flourish. And I think that is the mark of a good leader and and king um, to be able to put your own people first in that respect and, and help them along with that. And so you could argue that it's like, okay, in their society, like, like weakness gets crushed and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, in the sense that he was willing to uh, succumb and give up to the FUG representative dude the elder guy who looks like the, the face hugger from alien um you know that he was he was he stopped fighting right in that moment he tries to put up a, a facade there but he says you know like i'm not gonna let my people do that and the fact that he fights with doom and and he doesn't kill him even though he had the ability to do so and tries to keep him contained like that because he wants them to keep on propagating and he doesn't want doomed to be handed over with Fug. Like, he makes that shady deal with Fug, but he does it on the premise that these people aren't going to be mind-controlled and utilized. It's really just him taking on the burden of being a slayer and being part of this organization, but it's not his his whole familial unit as a whole. So I actually find that pretty admirable that he puts a lot of his people first. Um, so I don't think that he would change a lot of his leadership style past this. Again, he's not perfect. He has his flaws for sure, um, but, I, but that's the thing. I just feel like within the context of this society, I I don't know if it behooves him to actually change his leadership style a lot because like these guys have said, I think for that to work, it requires a whole restructuring from the ground up, but I don't know if these are the sort of people that want that or would be able to acclimate towards that. Like, you know, there are people that transform into these big beasts and that, you know, they're very, they have these aggressive tendencies and they enjoy competition. They're fiercely competitive. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't know if they would respect a leader that, you know, rules in a different style if the whole society isn't on board with it. So I think, uh, you know, Yama, Yama's in a weird situation, but, uh, and he's got some character flaws to get over, but I think he's, he's not doing terrible, all things Although, considered. if Doom dies, I suppose you can make an argument that that getting rid of, like, getting rid of the canine people doesn't, because again, if the, these people were people first and then turned into canines... Like perhaps that's a lot of where the, um, where the like agreeing with how this society is structured comes from the fact that everybody shares this like innate, uh, you know, I don't even know what to call it like chemical connection because they're all can't like they're all bred in a sense from the same thing, but like if they were just regular people, then I suppose you could make the argument that like that would be enough of a structural change. That it's like, oh no, well we want more now, like than just fighting. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, maybe at that point, um, you know, there's an argument to be made for like actually making the society something different. 
Yeah. The only thing is, I don't think he rules them at that point. Because the, the implication is that the canine people themselves cease to exist. So then it's like, I don't think that it's like, oh, that gets rooted out. And then he goes and he's like, let me find some new people to hop on board. It's like, those people those people yeah. are still canines. They live out their lives, but they just don't have other ones. So it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a weird call. But anyway, uh, moving on to the last question here. Gavin, take it away, my friend. All right. <clears throat> question number seven by Irene Sharda. Thank you for the question again. Uh, the only red witch we've spent a significant amount of time with is Howard Yoon. And she has dedicated herself to being Bam's guide. We met another red witch here, and she seems to actually feel pain simply being around Bam or trying to look at his path, which she can't trace. What do you think of this reaction, and does it change your perception on how Howara Yoon is able to work with Bam and guide him? Uh, not going to lie, this is a very interesting question, and it stumped and it. it Still is stumping me and has for a while um, because I really didn't think about that until it was explained. And I even think something meant or something was brought up with Evan where he didn't get a physical headache. But, um, you know, the paths were blurred for him as well with Bam uh, in terms of really like being able to predict or, you know, find out, you know, what's going to happen in the future when it comes to his specific case. Uh, so with how are you and it makes me feel like um, whether she's working around it, uh, like, it's one of two options for me. And if you guys have more, this is the only thing that comes to my head. And it's either she is using the context clues of looking into the paths of the people who are close to Bam and around Bam and is able to kind of piece them together in terms of the journey that they're going on and is trying to, like, really connect the dots and, like, try to facilitate something, like, using the people around Bam. And she doesn't really know you know, his routes per se, but is able to kind of be like, you know, we're with XYZ people, we're doing XYZ thing. I can see this happening, you know, in these people's, um, you know, paths in the future. And I'm assuming we're going to be like with them. So how do we kind of, you know, guide around like those obstacles? Uh, so that's my first thought with it, which would really be uh, hats off to how are you? Because she has to put in double time to really like make sure that the people around her are, you know, like that she's on top of what's going on and all the paths being taken and able to rewrap them. It, it, it would take a lot of intelligence from her to do it. And I don't think it's outside of her skill set. Um, the other um, way that I can see going about this, if she actually physically is able to look at Bam's paths and although they might be very cloudy and not clear, um, she was almost chosen in a sense to be the one to guide Bam because of, you know, X connection from somebody, you know, whether ancient in the tower or whatever going way back when, and, you know, is the only physical guide with the, with the ability to somewhat work with Bam and really like guide him through the tower. And until we get that explanation on if, if that's the case, who, like, how did she get this power? Was it granted to her? Was she born with it? How did she know? Was it, you know, told to her by someone, you know, like Arlene or whoever, like, people from that time or friends or colleagues that were able to feed information and give her insight? Like, there there, there was a lot of question marks about how Yoon and how she is able to really work with him and, you know, the connections that she ultimately has with Bam. So I it definitely it's one of those relationships where she is so interested and especially with just how she comes up with their plans and, you know, really just focusing about Bam where there is like her whole face should just have a question mark ta uh, tattooed on it because there's just so much like unknown information about her. So definitely interested to find out. But that's all I can come with. Uh, come up with. I don't know if you guys have any other uh, ideas about this question. Uh, 
Yeah, no, they were they were good ones. Ones that I, I was thinking, and uh, I guess other ones just throwing stuff at the wall is that maybe she does experience some sort of similar pain, but she hides it, mm-hmm. which would be interesting because uh, not that I think this is the case, but if it was that now with con- like looking back, it's like every time that she's done this, she's put through herself through like the ringer or she's just that much more talented as a red witch. She's like one of the pinnacle ones. So she is a thing with bomb. I think it's a connection thing personally, mm-hmm. if I had to choose, but just throwing some other options out there as well. I do find that interesting. And I think Warun has a, uh, a bigger role to play than maybe some people might think. Uh, I mean, she's played a really big role already, but maybe even a bigger one. It does seem very interesting. I don't know how their powers scale, if there are ones that are more talented than others, or if it's just, I don't know. I don't know. You, you got anything on this one? Uh, I, I think it's pretty much the connection thing. I kind of have this feeling that, like, guides in a weird way are, like, like they get, like, one person that they're intrinsically linked with, and, like, mm-hmm. that's the person that, like, they can guide like through and through and there like really isn't any problems and it's but it's when they deviate from that when guys are looking into other people like the pat there's like there becomes varying degrees of like inaccuracy in doing it right so whether it's just a smaller scale thing of like oh it's like vague and i can't really make out a path or it's an extreme uh on the extreme end where like it physically hurts you to look at that person's past or not past but like their their path forward um I, yeah, I think Howard Ryun was specifically, like, chosen by the gods, whatever that means in this tower, um, to be Bam's guide. Like, she's the, she's the one guide that can guide Bam up the tower, you know. And But wh- the only thing that's interesting is because, like, then I guess, like, that line of thought implies that, like, those that guide, once they link up with that person, can 100% see what's going to happen with them and, like, you know what I mean, like, follow their path with 100% accuracy. But how are you in a state of several times that the m- most interesting thing about Bam, and I think it's actually the reason that she decides to stick with Bam, is that she doesn't get that from him all the time. There's a lot of times where sh- she's, like, he's walking this path that, like, I didn't see, or, I like, I genuinely didn't think it was an option. So maybe even if it is a thing where, like, she can see most of his path but doesn't... Um, you know, can't see all of it. There's more of like how Ryun as a person and as a human that makes her stick around with Bam as opposed to like doing her job as a guide. Because I definitely think that's where it started. But again, personally, I think one of how Ryun's big character arcs here is going to be thinking more about dealing with Bam and, and like this mission in terms of like who Bam is as a person and who she is as a person rather than Bam the the irregular and how Ryun the guide. Good thoughts. Uh, yeah, that's all I got on that one. Anything else? You're giving a weird look, Gavin. No, gears I, are turning. It was weird. No, because I it was actually super irrelevant. But I was wondering if it was actually this question is almost aimed toward whoever that blue angel is, and like her directly feeling pain from looking at Bam. You know, because obviously she, whether it's the blue the blue angel, I think is what it's called. Is you know they were given that name because they have. They've almost like kind of were cleaned off the face of the earth. A or, blue hole or something. Or blue hole. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I know you guys oh, butchered us and told us to remember. Like the, yeah, the girl. Oh, That's okay, who they're talking okay. about. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just um, I used the blue angel thing. Yeah, me. but I mean, it's alluded to with that whole definition. I know you guys said we need to remember it in the comments. I'm sorry. But um, I, it was pretty much she existed for a long time, almost fell off the face of the tower, and then, you know, just kind of came back. They don't know of their existence. So I'm wondering if, like, she herself ties back to, like, 
the start of the tower when Jihad was coming up and maybe like the fact that she maybe knew Arlene or V or these people. And like, because she goes back this far that now seeing some, someone so far in the future with this tie directly correlating to people that she knew, like that's call causing physical pain on her. Because like I said, with Evan, when he was having problems with looking at Bam's like, future it didn't look like he had any indications of physical pain in a sense whether it's a red witch thing or not it's just like it's weird because i i don't know i feel like that whole pain thing it's going it's going to be specific to that person as a guide whatever her name was and i think it might actually be because of a tie that she physically has that we might find out in the future when we get you know a revelation on just who this uh elder is and you know what role he plays in it but i think it might actually have something to do with that guide specifically and her actually playing a potentially important role in this whole overarching story and what hasn't been told yet oh okay so that is so what if it's like maybe not the fact that like she knew V or Arlene, but it's like maybe because she's so old in the sense of like the time span she's been alive, maybe because she's so close to whatever ancient or godly beings gave birth to Bam, like created uh-huh. Bam, like it's that connection <clears throat> that like is intrinsically causing her this like, um, you know, this real back of like, no, you can't, you're not allowed to, to, you know, peek at like this vessel, this vessel of ours, right? Yeah. Where it's like, it's not so much about V and Arlene, the people, but like we said, there's heavy implications that Bam is not like a hundred percent his own person in a sense. Mm-hmm. So what if she, because she's so old, she knew or worshiped or was a part of or whatever, these original beings, these original gods or whatever that gave birth to Bam in a way. And so like that, that's that connection is what's causing her to be like, Whoa, there's like this thing I'm feeling. This is like, you know, it's weird and familiar, but also like, yeah. Yeah. I think there is something more to it. Um, for sure. Mm. Interesting stuff. Good question. Good questions all around. Thank you to everyone who participated in it. Honestly, it makes our lives a lot easier and more fun when you guys participate on this style of content. So please keep going. We appreciate it. Uh, But that's all we have for you guys today. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. If you did, make sure you guys are smashing that like button for the YouTube algorithm. Comment your thoughts down below. What did you think of our discussion? The questions, how would you have answered them? uh, Answered them? Is there anything that we may have glossed over? Obviously don't spoil anything. We're getting really close. Um, So we're almost there. And then you guys could talk to your heart's content about all that sort of stuff as well. Make sure you guys are subscribing to the channel and hitting that bell. If you're new here, if you made it this far into the video, you should definitely be doing that uh, because that means I would assume that you like us at least a little bit. So why not just subscribe? It's free. takes you two seconds. Um, Like I said, also check out AOA Reacts. Link in the description down below so you can catch our live stream and our future live streams that have to do with Tower God and anything else. Um, And beyond that, we have a comment of the day. Gavin, if you'd like to read that comment of the day for us. Ooh, and our comment of the day uh, is brought to you in part by Fan de Correa. Thank you so much for your comment. Uh, The question was, who named the three Baylord brothers? So the answer is the three brothers are Yama, Doom, and Lord Paul. Uh, I just want to leave a small tease on something Gavin mentioned on today's questions of how much he liked Yandus. Uh, I don't know the spelling of oh, uh, skill on the Guardians of the Galaxy movie uh, because it is a skill that someone has and will be shown. So if you guys want uh, if you guys want to take this as a bonus random question, care to theorize who it's going to be a hint. It is uh, a known fug member that has been introduced visually before and is not the elder i was not the elder because i was gonna say well i guess it's the elder because the arrow seems to be going in every which way 
So that's interesting. So I guess if it's directly correlated to Yondu, it's not necessarily that the arrow takes its own path or whatever. It's that you control it via whistle or, well, I mean, in Guardians of the Galaxy, it's a whistle, but, um, you know, somehow, some way, shape, or form. So I don't know. It's a FUG member. Oh, a FUG member that has been visually shown before. Wasn't there... Introduced visually. Introduced visually. So that doesn't mean that we were given a name. Yeah. Remember way back in... The beginning of season two, when Karaka is first introduced, and you don't see mm-hmm. him, but he, like it, you know, Jin Sung like is on the rooftop after yes. the Wang Nan. Yes, he's like, "Oh, Karaka, you're here." I could have sworn that he makes a reference to another Slayer, and that the person is mentioned, and you see them like way off in the distance, but you we don't get to actually see who they are. And wasn't it a, wasn't it actually like a sniper in a sense or something like that? It was a scout, I think. Or, like it was somebody who was watching yeah. them. Yeah. And I, I don't honestly, I don't, I could be remembering this wrong, but I, I just remember this because I remember in that moment, like there's literally one panel of this person mm-hmm. shrouded in black, and then like story just moves on and like almost, for, but like it's there, and I'm like, okay, who is that? Uh, presumably another Slayer that we meet eventually, but that be, that person being a Slayer would tie them into Fug. So that person could be a possibility. Yeah, and it would make sense with that ability if it was a scout in a sense or even just something because, you know, if they were to take out people from a distance, that seems like the ability to do it, especially if you can just control it with your eyes, your mind, or whatever to, you know, go and bam, track a target. Ooh, I think you're I, I think I think you're onto that, Isaiah. I like that. Yeah, that was a good that was a good comment. That was a very good comment. That was a good one for sure. Thank you, uh Fanda Korea for uh for commenting and for watching until the end of the the video. Um, Really do appreciate it. Um, Question for today. Uh, Does anyone have one? Um, What is the name of the person that gave Kuhn the Eon Flame? Okay. Good question. So answer that in the comments down below and then comment your comment. We might just read it in our next discussion video. Also, big shout out to our patrons, especially our acolytes of anime, Stoic and Nathan. Uh, We love all your beautiful faces and all of you that support the channel in every which way, shape and form. But until next time, folks, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you all on the flip. Peace. 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 Ninjas are samurais, blaze of the kunais, find me in the leaf of the cloud, screaming out Bankai. We just some ghouls though, who like seeing parts fly, they like what you saying, Goma got more through the storylines, I tested your neck from the start, my hundreds gon' come for your heart, I promise you'll land in my boulevard, left them in one piece, no.